Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Twelfth Sunday in Ordinary Time A reading from the book of Job The Lord addressed Job out of the storm and said, Who shut within doors the sea when it burst forth from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling bands, when I set limits for it and fastened the bar of its door and said, Thus far shall you come, but no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stilled. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Give thanks to the Lord. His love is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord. His love is everlasting. They who sailed the sea in ships, trading on the deep waters, these saw the works of the Lord and his wonders in the abyss. Give thanks to the Lord. His love is everlasting. His command raised up a storm wind which tossed its waves on high. They mounted up to heaven. They sank to the depths. Their hearts melted away in their plight. Give thanks to the Lord. His love is everlasting. They cried to the Lord in their distress. From their straits, he rescued them. He hushed the storm to a gentle breeze, and the billows of the sea were stilled. Give thanks to the Lord. His love is everlasting. They rejoiced that they were calmed, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his kindness and his wondrous deeds to the children of men. Give thanks to the Lord. His love is everlasting. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the love of Christ impels us. Once we have come to the conviction that one died for all, therefore all have died. He indeed died for all, so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Consequently, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even if we once knew Christ according to the flesh, we now know him so no longer. So whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. On that day, as evening drew on, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. A violent squall came up, and waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who is this then whom even the wind and sea obey? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
Well, Kevin, we are in the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, but today is also Father's Day. So I want to say happy Father's Day (laughs) to you, Kevin, and all fathers everywhere. And you know, it's sad, but in our world today, fatherhood is in a state of crisis. And dads are often considered to be expendable so long as they send in a monthly child support payment. And this degraded role of fatherhood has far-reaching effects, and it has damaged the very foundation of society. In his 1981 apostolic exhortation on the role of the Christian family in the modern world, Pope St. John Paul II had this to say about the role of fatherhood. In revealing and in reliving on earth the very fatherhood of God, A man is called upon to ensure the harmonious and united development of all the members of the family. He will perform this task by exercising generous responsibility for the life conceived under the heart of the mother by a more solicitous commitment to education, a task he shares with his wife by work which is never a cause of division in the family, but promotes its unity and stability, and by means of the witness he gives of an adult Christian life, which effectively introduces the children into the living experience of Christ and the church. And then, of course, Kevin, we have the example of St. Joseph, who gives the perfect example of fatherhood in humble submission to the will of God, leaving himself always open to the direction of God and using his strength not to promote his own ego and his own self-esteem, but rather to protect and teach and guide the Son of God who was entrusted to his care. Wow, how important, especially those words you mentioned from John Paul II, how critical fatherhood is and how complementary it is to motherhood. And what a beautiful statement on really all fathers. We need to uh, really reclaim that true sense of masculinity and fatherhood, just as you mentioned, for the stability of our society. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. all fathers out there, happy Father's Day to you. Yes, and, indeed. And, and talking about righteous men, we're going to talk about Job, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> Let's move into our readings. We're going to find that there's a common theme, and that common theme is storms. And of course, the purpose of this is to direct our thoughts to the kind of storms that threaten the life of our immortal souls. Yes. <laughs> so so introduce Job, and this is, he has just, it's an amazing book, and I, I wish I really knew more about it, but I mean, here's this man who, a good man, who suffers total disaster. He loses all his children and property. He's afflicted with this repulsive disease, and then, of course, he gets visited by his friends, <laughs> or his so-called friends, who explain to him that his suffering, basically in traditional religious terms. So they assume God always rewards the good and punish, punishes the evil. And so since Job is suffering, that can mean that he has sinned. That's the only way they can understand that. But he, Job doesn't understand it that way. He doesn't think he deserves such a cruel punishment because he's been an unusually good and righteous man. And he can't understand how God can let so much evil happen to someone like himself. And he boldly challenges God. Now, Job does not lose his faith, but he does long to be justified before God, regain his honor as a good man. I think all men kind of understand that at a basic level. 
Now, what we see in the readings today is God doesn't give an answer directly to Job's questions, but he does respond to Job's faith by overwhelming him with his divine power and wisdom. And then Job humbly acknowledges God as wise and great and repents of the angry words that he has used. So this is really, to me, even a, um, a story of, I'll call it maybe this redemptive suffering where oftentimes a person's greatest strength also manifests their greatest weakness. We see Job here. He is indeed a righteous man. He recognizes himself and lives as his righteous man, but he also has this pride, this ju- you know, being judgmental about things. And suffering can be a mis- mystery at times, right? That's why we need to unite our mysteries or our sufferings to the to the really the cross. And and what we read in today's reading is basically God God's second of three questions. It opens up in verse 4 where God asked Job, where were you when I made the world? Well, that's a humbling question. Then we pick it up today in um, uh, the second question, who held back the sea? And then finally, the third question, who commanded the day to dawn? So this is the second question, who held back the sea, Job? You or me? <laughs> Inter- yeah, very good. And I want to comment on one thing that you said about our strengths um, and how that can be. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's true. You think about our strength. It can be. We can use it, right? Think about the superheroes. It can be used yes. for good and it can be used for bad. Yes. So you are, that's something I wanted to, I thought that really struck out. I was like, yes, right. Our greatest strength, it can be used for good. It can be used for evil. Right. So, and it's recognized yeah. by others. So that can become yes. that source of pride, uh, doesn't there it? There you go. Yes. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to the beginning, the opening words that this chapter begins with the words, the Lord addressed Job out of the storm. And you know, Kevin, at one time or another, we will all experience storms in our lives in one form or another, some more violent and earth shattering than others. And these storms will often be a test of faith. And sadly, many will fail and they'll abandon God, disheartened and disillusioned because things didn't turn out the way they'd planned, forgetting that our plans are really just short sighted wishes. It's through our cooperation with God's plan that we find our salvation. Understanding this and having a solid faith foundation are the keys to not only surviving the storms, but thriving in the aftermath. And preparation is very important. When we hear and see the signs of a storm coming, we should be sure that we're prepared just as we would when we're expecting a bad weather storm like a tornado or a hurricane. Take a spiritual inventory. How healthy is my relationship with God? And get to confession if we need to, if we're not in the state of grace, if we need to reconcile that relationship with God so that we're able to turn to him in our need. Because when the storm becomes really bad, it is the grace of God that's going to protect us, strengthen us, nourish us, and comfort us. Yeah, yeah. You talk about that thriving after the storm, really becoming more Christ-like through that experience. Uh, that's what I really see in the second reading here in St. Paul to Corinthians. This uh, first line, the love of Christ impels us. It calls us to action, but to what type of action? We see in the middle here that we may no longer live for ourselves. We must live for others. And I see that as a beautiful reading today because that is really what Christ's life, his message, his death, his resurrection is all about right? God reconciled men to himself by means of Jesus Christ. And the death of Christ is that high price that was paid, that ransom 
that set us free from bondage of sin and death and Satan. He made himself a victim for sin by offering himself as a sacrifice. And then as we see at the end, behold, new things have come. That's really what we see ourselves as we go through and thrive out of that storm. As we live for others, then that's where we see we also will have new things to come. And I think one of the ways we need to live here, if I can list the spiritual works of mercy today, to instruct the ignorant, to counsel the doubtful, to admonish the sinners, to bear wrongs patiently, to forgive offenses willingly, to comfort the afflicted, and to pray for the living and the dead. If we can do this inspired by Christ and the Holy Spirit, this indeed is the way that we express and put into action no longer living for ourselves. So a beautiful message there. And St. Paul, when he says that, you know, that the love of Christ impels us, he also explains how this is the antidote for selfishness. It is the love of Christ. And the love of Christ is the driving force that can be found inside the hearts of every saint and of those who have a sincere desire to become a saint. It is the love of Christ that gives us the courage and the strength to surrender our wills to the will of God. It's the love of Christ that completes us. It is, and that talking about storms and these stormy experiences, we see that in our gospel according to Mark today. We see Jesus and the disciples and others in boats. Of course, the boat is the symbol of the church. And this violent squall comes up. Well, I think that's not only a physical sign, but also a symbolic sign of the struggles that we deal with with sin in our own lives, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah. And you know, it's really easy to say, I trust God and I have faith when everything is going well in our own little bubble. But throw in a tornado or a hurricane or even a pandemic, right? And we all start shouting, oh, Lord, save us. This is the end. You know, we're all going to die. Kind of in the way that the uh, disciples responded in this gospel reading. It could be that God allows storms in life to help us grow in faith. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. <laughs>